and welcome to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And as always, I'm joined by Calvin. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Just one thing to say. 1-0 to the Arsenal. Thank you very much. 1-0 to the Arsenal. We'll take it all day long as well, won't we? It's so nice to um, have that winning feeling. Yeah, it's amazing what uh, a couple of games can really do um, on our mood towards the club, towards the manager towards a couple of the players. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it was nice to, to come out there, you know, come off the back of Christmas with two wins, um, especially when you, you know, you throw Chelsea into that, uh, into that category. One more, uh, one more on Saturday and we keep the match ball. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a shame. Uh, there's no we can though. Um, it'd be lovely to kick off 21 with, with another three points. Uh, and like we said, these, this run of games is going to be pretty, Pretty key, isn't it, really, for, for our season? Hopefully we can, you know, find you know, find a little bit of rhythm. It's looking a lot healthier now. Now we're in thirteenth. And the Wolves were losing last night as well. As much as it pained me to see Man United go second. Yeah, especially in the ninety third minute. <laughs> yeah. I was sort of ho- hoping for a draw, but Steve, just obviously you were saying sorry, just on you know, you were saying about a draw, wanting it to be a draw last night. Have you not found yourself more often than not? kind of looking at these games and hoping, you know, you're looking for the results around these lower teams instead, which is really weird, right? Yeah, I put a post out on like Saturday afternoon before we played Chelsea saying like, mm. I've never watched a Fulham game with so much anticipation. So much interest, <laughs> yeah, so much venture it's interest. Em- embarrassing. Yeah. I'm sat there yeah. thinking, oh, yes, a draw's good here. A point would be good. Maybe a Southampton win. Who gives a fuck? Honestly, I should not care. Yeah, um, it's, look, it's looking a lot healthier now. We are. Well, there we are. We're sat, yeah, nine points above the drop. Obviously, played a game more than Fulham, who sit in 18th. We're only six behind Chelsea. That's the thing, isn't it? You can now, because you know the last few weeks has been so so bad, and we were just plummeting down the table. Really, it was you know we we're looking below us more more often than looking up, um, and it's nice to be able to you know. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't think we should stop looking below us because it's just a couple of wins. Like we just said, we need to to build on it. And make, make I wouldn't worry. I, I don't think West Brom and Sheffield United have got a win between them, which is unbelievable. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I just think we shouldn't be that that arrogant. Let's keep building. No, let's not. Let's just keep keep going. Get get a few more wins, and that's like you said. It's only what is it? How many points are we there? Yeah, six points to to Villa and Smith and Chelsea, which is crazy when you think of how well they've done. Villa literally could win the league this year. Could you imagine? I'd happily see Villa win the league over I'm, Liverpool and City, would, Man United. Now, would that be... I mean, look, let's just... I don't want to talk about it for too long, but a question that definitely springs to mind is, would that be more of a surprise than Leicester? I think so. God, yeah, definitely. Bearing in mind, they, they stayed up on the last day last season. Can you imagine That's Jack right. Grealish carrying him to the championship? God-like status for him, wouldn't it? Yeah. God-like status. Also, it's nice to see Tottenham back down as seventh as well. Yeah, how the, you know, how they, the mighty have fallen. That's very spursy of them, isn't it? They were right. Very spursy. They score a goal yeah. in the first minute. They parked the bus for ninety minutes, and they wonder why. But no, it's nice to see them drop, like you said, because they were. You know, it wasn't nice watching our form plummet whilst they were sat at the top of the tree. It was a bleak uh, so, time. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's get into what was a fantastic uh, result for the Arsenal last night. Yeah. Looking at the lineup, it was pretty much the same. Uh, bar Lacazette's um, absence and Aubameyang in, it did come out after the game that he had a sore back, and that's why he was actually dropped. Which is fair enough, because um, I thought you know Lacazette's taken quite a lot of stick over the last you know eighteen months or so. 
And, you know, he's done well over the last couple of games. He's shown a bit of fight. Which, I think you know, it's we justified though, fight. isn't it? Like, we've talked about it. And we've, we've certainly said we don't feel like... Well, he's definitely good enough. You know, you don't get to this level without being good enough. Mm. But it's been a case of the performances haven't been good enough. Um, and it's become very predictable. But mm. the last two games, you, you can't fault the fella, can you? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, he's getting the goals for us to run. Obviously, last night was, you know, another incredible moment for, for us, really, for this season. Because it was, you know, impact, right? I mean, we'll Massive. come on to the, the goal in a bit. But with the lineup, yeah, I mean, you know, we discussed it before the game. I was pretty happy with, with what I saw, to be honest. It was with what you. we I mean, expected, wasn't it? It's what you expect, but also you had that, you know, the, the realism of fixture congestion and with the, the time of year, it usually is you usually get a bit of rotation. Uh, and obviously there's a couple of lads in there who, you know, have only just come back from long-term injuries, only just finding their feet, like Emma Smith-Rowe, and he just got his second start with us, really. But yeah, look, you, you have to be happy with it because you want to see you want to see those group of players kick on from the win against Chelsea. I think we need to wrap like Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Saka in bubble wrap because every time they go to the floor, my heart <laughs> starts racing. Yeah, you can't help but worry about it. Um, you know, Saka did it late in the game, but yeah, whenever any of them go down, you you just worry things come out about Saka. I think he's okay. He was laughing yeah, Joe's on the bench. So I think yeah, when he, he came just, off. Did someone stand on his foot? Did somebody, yeah, there was a few challenges like that. We were a bit late. You know, there was one early on as well, um, I think, in the game. Um, you know, I think there was a, a challenge on Zaka. And it, I know it's early, but it wasn't, you know, it was eight minutes in or something like that. Um, and you see these kind of challenges that just, they just don't go punished. How many times does Smith Rowe get pulled down as well? You nice, can tell how much, of, how much of a difference he makes in our team because you, know, you can tell the opposition are genuinely scared of him. Yes. You, see, you know, that's always the case, isn't it? You know, the most foul players are usually, you know, the most courageous look, look, look the at greatest threats. Exactly. Greenish yeah. is always on the floor. Maybe um, it's a sock thing. They both, they both love the less socks. He never used to do that. That's something I did notice when he played the other day. Actually, I was like, he's going for that Jack Grealish look. Uh, let's hope he's as good as him. If, if yeah, you right. know what? Absolutely. <laughs> Second, that. he's made a good start, and he's made a good start. And um, coming as we said the, in the last podcast, a breath of fresh air. Let's get into the game a little bit. Um, the first half, the, the less said about it, the better. Although, I did feel like we started quite well. We, we were speaking about it, and first yeah. five, 10 minutes, we showed uh, a lot of intensity. We looked up for it, and then it sort of dipped off, and it really dipped, yeah, fizzled out, didn't it? You know, it, it was a bright start. You say that it was a bright start, but without creating anything, right. Um, but still, though, in the first five, ten minutes of the game, you want to, you know, pop the ball around, get your touch, you know, get the zip going and find find your feet. And, you know, there were some, as you know, we're talking about Smith already, but he looked uh, pretty assured in the opening ten minutes, showed some nice early touches. You know, it's those kind of periods in, in the game, 10 to 15 minutes where we looked good, didn't create anything. And then, you know, who nearly scored the first goal? Yeah, it was a little, it was a little <laughs> in, uninspired. Uh, we were very cautious. And there was a few heart on your mouth moments, especially when Lene was sort of you know, doing those kickups. And then Al Nani gave the ball to, I think it was McAllister for Brighton, who, who mm. fortunately skied it. They had, a, they had some really good chances in that first half. A lot of those uh, chances were obviously from our own undoing. Like you just said, Al Nani, there was a few straight passes, holding out a couple. Um, Al Nani. But there, you know, and then there were also a couple of times where, you know, like most teams do, um, you know, you, you have to look back at a few of the games earlier this season, like the Spurs game, where they just wait for the moment where we just overcommit in a certain area and then they'll just go and attack that space um, at high speed. And that's yeah. when we always look vulnerable. Fortunately, Brighton don't have a, a certain in their team. 
No, it's one of the games that you look at towards the end and then you do think that's one of the quieter games I remember Leno having in recent times. He made a times. few good saves as well, didn't he? Yeah, there was a couple in there. I mean, I met, you mentioned one in the, in the first half in particular. I think it was low down to his right. Yeah, good hands. Held on to it, which is what you like to see. But yeah, he was, that, he was pretty short throughout. There was that one where the ball came in from the right. Bellerin sort of, mm. I, I don't know. He oh, got, yeah. Yeah, in those situations, though, you think, yeah, what are you doing? And then obviously you think, yeah, what is he doing? Just the only excuse you can have, and you obviously have no idea if it happened, if you got the shout, right? I mean, that's the only reason yeah. you're ducking like that in that situation, if someone's giving you the shout. Or obviously, as you do see from time to time, the opposition doing the shout on our behalf, um, you know, to put the defender off. You do see that from time to time. It's one of those moments that if they score, it gets analysed to how and people talk about it for weeks. Yeah, they would. Miss, it sort of gets pushed into the carpet, and I think we dodged a bullet there. Yeah, <laughs> we got away literally, with, literally got away with dodged one. the bullet. Yeah, dodged the bullets, right? I think Zaka did. You know, he wasn't exactly, you know, in any kind of glory there uh, just before pairing as well. So, yeah, we we got away one there. There was a couple of moments like that in the first half where, again, mainly through our you know, poor poor use of the ball coming out from the back, that we just looked a little bit under pressure. But again, there weren't other than a couple of snapshots like that or defending on our behalf again like Leno wasn't overly challenged and we just didn't really show a lot of attacking intent we, there's a lot oh, wow. of that we didn't have a single shot on target so that's well that's yeah you know, that's says it all like, what, what do you think what do you think we, we were so off the pace in the first half it, it's so hard to kind of put your finger on isn't it because you only think you know he played what you know two days ago put in such a good performance and looked looked good and again you know even when we did speak about the Chelsea win there's always that that element of yeah we were good but how bad were Chelsea that day um, is it an element of we just, you know, Chelsea made us look a bit better than we actually were, or is it a case of Brighton are just? It's, it's, it's a very different game, right? They're going to sit differently to Chelsea. Like we said, we, we struggled against the lower block teams. They weren't completely blocked out. But it was, we just went back to that, that horseshoe-shaped football where we're just passing it around and around. And again, there were no players really taking any risks. It was very safety first. And then, yeah, I, I don't know how many times we see it, when we look to counter... And you see an opportunity for us to go and do so, where we slow the play down. Whether it's like uh, you know, now Nenny was pretty um, pretty culpable for it last night, and Xhaka usually does it. Um, where you know you you look for that forward pass that's on, but no, they go for the turnaround and go home safety first, and then it's yeah. the opposition gets going, set. Everything was going through Al Nenny last night. We were speaking about it like mm. it makes you think like when when we've got Partey in there, how much of a difference it will make to the team. So let's get on to the second half. Um, there was there was an early scare. Bellerin sort of defended it quite well and then there was a corner where there was a, a penalty shout mm. but then after that moment we sort of took control and kind of took the path you know the same kind of path as the first half where obviously excluding that first you know minute of the, the second half where we were a little bit under the cosh but we, we again took control of the game the ball um, but this time we looked um, a bit sharper in progressing the ball forward didn't we um, it was we so much quicker wasn't it we played with such, yeah. such, such high tempo yeah, it was not very, very noticeable. Um, I mean, you know, you always go into when you have such a poor half, and then you, you, you know, you, you know, you sat there at halftime thinking, you know, what, what's going to happen next? Can we be any worse? Yeah, no, of course. I always felt at halftime, this this game was after taking. Yeah, you said uh, that. I sure. always felt like this. Yeah, we can win this game. Did you know a uh, little little bit of fact for you? Mm. Uh, we've never actually beaten Brighton since they've been in the Premier League. I know. I did know that. that. It is crazy. I mean, I remember being at the home game there towards the end of uh, Emery's first season in that one all draw where we, you know, threw away. There, that was the day for me where we really threw away the Champions League qualification. Oh God, yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's get on to uh, the, the chances. 
the first chance we had was was a great was a great one from Saka down the left. Mm. Um, played it into Uber. Honestly, thought he scored. I was up already celebrating. Yeah, it's went, one of those oh, where I couldn't believe he missed it. Wow, Keeper saved it. It was a great save. It's a good save. Just makes himself big. But still, um, always should be finishing that, in my opinion. It's, it should be that should be his bread and butter. Um, you know, the, the chances. Well, he had few and far between, as he has done of late. But you should still be putting that away at that. He's time. done all the hard work, hasn't he? And then he sort yeah, of. Made the it's a fifty-fifty. I guess the keep. I say it's a good save. I think the keeper got mm. a bit lucky. Um, and then, and then Martinelli. After that, it was, it was nice playing from Smith Rowe on the left yeah. side. Playing to Martinelli. Yeah. Um, is that the one where he? Curled it over, just about. Yeah, he sort of he lashed at it a little bit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you're absolutely spot on. Actually, it was a bit lashed, and I think he could have just. I mean, look, you, you know exactly what he was trying to do. It's the reverse of what we like to see Pepe do every now and again, and it's just cut in and then just whip it into the far corner. Um, yeah, the, the the technique was lacking slightly, uh, but still, it was. You know, those two chances. You know, they were pretty quick fire, weren't they? They came back to yeah. back, and that's that's when I started getting the feeling of hang on a minute, this is. I think I even. Text you. We need to. We need to score here, guys. We're on, we're on top. There, there was another chance even before the goal. Um, it was Smithrow again. Found it over. Uh, it went through on on the left hand side. Mm. You think he's going to cut in, and you, you know nine times out of ten, you think he's going to he's going to finish and puts it wide. That was a big yeah. chance. Yeah, it's a big chance. Um, and again, it was just one of those where you just you know you're frustrated that you know you haven't found the back of the net, but. It, I don't know whether it was just, you know, off the back of the Chelsea game where we looked so much better going forward just throughout that game. And obviously, look, first half excluded in this one, we didn't. But that kind of came back again, didn't it? And I think it's amazing. Isn't it? Again, even what confidence not in a player, but in yourself as a fan can be. It's just you felt like there was a goal coming. Um, you know, when you get that feeling when you're watching the match, that you know, hang on, there's a goal coming here. You just yeah, no, absolutely. as frustrated as I was that we weren't, you know, tucking any of those, those few chances away before we actually scored. Um you really still felt that, you know, the, like you said, the game was there for the taking. And the, then the, the big moment came in the game. Uh, Martinelli came off for uh, mm. Lacazette. We spoke briefly. Um, you seemed a little bit surprised. I, I expected uh, uh, Martinelli to come off just because, you know, he is back from injury. And mm. in this sort of game, I think he's always going to keep Aubameyang on the pitch. Yeah, no, I do. My only frustration it comes from, you know, it's more of a, you know, it's a live kind of feeling to what, you know, it's reactionary to what I'm seeing right here in front of my eyes. Um, and it was just, you know, Warbur was so poor. I mean, look, he was slightly better in the second half, but, you know, he was so poor throughout. And you just, Martinelli's such a, I mean, look, since he's come back into the side, he's, he's funny, isn't he? He just drives, with, drives the rest of the team on with his Such with a live energy. wire, isn't he? Yeah, it's, it's infectious. Um, you know, he's come on and he's, he's closing everybody down. Like we said, he was basically playing two positions in the first half. I don't bit, think he had the best game though. Like I don't think he was. I don't think he played badly, but he he wasn't at his best. Yeah, um, and no, I think that, and I think that a lot is to do with you know, he he has just come back from injury, and I think I think the reason he kept Aubameyang out there is because you know, he is he is the more experienced uh, player, and you you can sort of back that decision. No, you're not. Well, you, like you can back can... it when you win the game, can't you? Anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I even said to you, I was happy to see it though. Because um, at the same time, he does need, like we said earlier, all three of them, he's one of those three that needs wrapping in cotton wool. Because um, we need to keep this guy fit. Because like we just said, he's, he's so infectious to the rest of the team that when he's in it, we look a lot better, especially going forward with pace. And his, you know, his link-up play with Tierney is fantastic. He is fantastic. Um, you know, we noticed that before we even got injured. Uh, there was a spark between them. Um, so it's nice to see that that's, that's still there and it seems to be coming back quite quickly. I love Kieran Tierney. Yeah, exactly. He's a baller. What, he's what, a baller. A, what 
an underrated footballer he is. Let's get into the goal. Um, I just want to talk about Saka's run because for for me, it reminded me so much of Thierry Henry. It was so Thierry Henry esque. Just everything about it. Yeah, it was, it was a lovely pace. finish from Lacazette. Yeah, it was a great finish. But like you said, Saka and the pace he showed, and it was really noticeable last night um, for me. Just. His, his burst of acceleration is, is incredible because obviously you get his first little burst when he tries to take on a player. And when he gets side by side with that player, he seems to have this extra little bit where he just pulls away a few yards. It's, I just really noticed it on a couple of occasions last night. It obviously looked particularly for the goal. You look at it when he gets side, you know, side by side once he's turned and then that burst away that he had was just, it was great. And then obviously the composure at the end to pick out Lacazette, who's just off the bench. And... Yeah, like you said, it was a lovely finish. Lovely, you know, Lacazette's been blamed far too often throughout this season where his first touches, you know, made him spurn a certain chance or even, you know, have a chance completely evaporate in front of him. But, you know, the first touch and the finish last night was, yeah, up last. It was fantastic. You actually ruined it for me as well. So big yeah. thanks. Because you were watching it in Ireland and I was watching it on Amazon Prime. But it is, I Matt, how am I so... was about 20 seconds ahead of me. Yeah, sorry. Because I looked at my I phone looked... and you texted me and get in and went, and I was, and I was literally buzzing like we scored. But I was like, you did, you did reply though saying, "Did we score?" And I just thought, "I'm not going to reply." I saw it, and I was like, "I just, no, yeah, I let him." Well, you know, what, for the last twenty minutes, I literally just turned my phone around and didn't look at it because I, I didn't want to know anything. So I just watched it. You know. Yeah, maybe we should find that. We should try and just find out moving forward, early doors, who's who's ahead of who, or we just we just uh, go for radio silence for ninety minutes and then just talk afterwards. Yeah, but then I think you miss things, don't you? Because there's little bits, like, I mean, there was a bit yesterday where sort of Saka got the ball and he's in, he's in the area on the right-hand side and Bamelang was in, uh, in a yeah. great place. Then it, then I don't think they really actually showed this this one back and you'd think if you just squared that. Yeah, that's, yeah, one. that's the one. I, I think it was 1-0 yeah. at the time. No, it was 1-0 at the time. Um, yeah. You, you, yeah, you texted me on this one as we were watching it and I t- even said to you, you were like, oh, why did he not square it for Auburn? And, I, th- I had the same thought, but I remember saying to you, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what really to make of it because I haven't seen a replay and they didn't show one. Um, but there was, the, you know, I don't know whether the angle was cut off for him or, you know, the pass wasn't on, but yeah, I mean, look, there was a chance there for sure where we, we, we should have probably wrapped up the points a little bit easier. But oh well, we won the game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you say that now, looking back with a 1-0 win, you don't really care if it was no. one or different. Isn't it incredible yeah. as well? It only took him like 21 seconds. For being on the pitch to score, yeah. I mean, there's, I love, there's when, that, I love when these things happen. I, I love it as well. Um, you know, when you just come off, the, I don't know, it's just the extra, the extra spark. Obviously, didn't get it last night because there's no supporters in the, in the stadium, but usually you get that extra roar. Because I'll never forget being at, I mean, there's I, I'm trying to think of how many of these we've had as Arsenal fans. There's one that just particularly springs to mind because I was there and it was a North London derby at the Emirates, if you remember, big Nicholas Bentner. Coming off the bench, and when he comes off the corner, nodding in a corner, yeah, literally yeah, just sprints great. on, runs, scores. I mean, that's incredible. Um, and it was great to see Lacazette have that that impact coming off the bench last night. To be honest, um, and it was his a, it whole was a, body language has really changed in recent weeks. Yes. Like he just looks like he cares so much. And I've always uh, listen. I, we've said we spoke about it on here, and we've we've sort of questioned his performances. It's always great to see a player doing well. Yeah, he's and you know you fail to forget he was our player of the year not last season, the season before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, he's a fan's favourite that particular year and we've seen the qualities he has. Yeah, he can be frustrating from time to time, but yeah, like you said, his body language has definitely improved um, over the last couple of games. His worth ethic has been superb and he's, yeah, he just looks a bit more more committed. I, th- I think it comes down to the fact that he was wearing burgundy tights last night. 
Yeah, you know, you know, how I feel. You, you know how I feel about the tights. Um, tight watch was on again last night. Obviously, Ainsley Maitland-Niles come off the bench wearing a pair as well. I let him off wearing them last night because he, he obviously finished his dinner last night, like as if. But to be fair, they are down the south coast. It, I bet it's bloody cold. I mean, it's it's cold up here, so I can only imagine how cold it is down there. Yeah, just no excuses for me. I don't know whether I'm old school, but you can wear tights on the training pitch. But I don't know when it's match day. You just don't. It's just not for me. But look, I remember back game. in like the early two thousands when Ryan Giggs once came on with like black tights, and it was sort of it was before players used to wear this like all this Under Armour. Baseless. Mm, it was yeah. like, what the hell is this? Can you imagine like the Tony Adams era in the nineties? I mean, let's be honest. You look back at those those early days, like you just said, and it was, you know, players got ridiculed for wearing gloves, just a pair of gloves. Uh, whereas now it's yeah, it's very part parcel. It's, it's, I think it's more of a, a fashion look. It yeah, annoys me that Bamiyang always wears gloves, but then he has a short sleeve. Shirt I've never on. understood. I've never understood that. I've never understood the the yeah the short sleeve. Are you cold or are you? Are you or what's going on? You just have particularly cold hands. Is that the deal here, or what's the story? Because I remember there was a player who used to do this a long time ago. At Ipswich, Marcus Stewart. I don't know if you remember him, but he I used to now do I remember Marcus thing. Stewart. And he'd wear the, you know, really obviously the classic, you know, late nineties, early noughties baggy football top. But he just always had a short sleeve with gloves on. I was just, and I, I had the same thought as you, like, make your mind up, mate. Are you, are you cold? Are you warm? What's the story? Like, getting on to uh, getting back to Bamiang. Mm. I, I want to talk about Bamiang. Um, yeah. I thought his performance was a little bit off. I think, personally, I don't think he, he looks fit. There was a few moments where he was, he was sort of running down that left-hand side and mm. he just kept losing the ball. Um, yeah. There was a few tried to take on a few like players that. and he just he just lacked sharpness, I thought. And his body language, again, he just didn't look particularly happy. Whether, I, I think he's not fit. You reckon that it could be that? I mean, look, to be honest with you, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because you think, you know, if it's not injury-related, what is it? Is it purely confidence? Is there something behind the scenes that we don't know about? Look, I hope it's not that. Um, I'd rather it be, you know, it's just confidence on the pitch issue than anything, because hopefully you can find that. But, like, we keep looking for him to, to perform. And last night, I was hoping, you know, it was nice to see him come back in. But there was always a reservation of, you know, the guy's not been playing well. Um, I've touched on it before. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I, you, we discussed it on another part or if I've said it to you off... Uh, you know, on text, but I always wondered with Aubameyang with his scoring record over the last number of years, why it's, it's you know, I'm saying this in, in the current situation, but I always wondered why another big European side never came in for him at his peak. Um, you know, Bruce Dortmund's a good side, don't get me wrong, but they're not the elite, elite level. Um, you know, you're talking to Barcelona, Real Madrid, etc., Bayern Munich, um, which, you know, they would have seen a lot of him being in Germany. I always wondered why nobody ever went in for him. And it's just, look, he's a great player. Um, and he's a great goal scorer. But even, you know, when you watch him at Arsenal, he's not a player that I would kind of look at and be like, you're a fantastic link-up player. You know, you're an all-round team player. He's just, he's just a, not at the moment, but he's usually just a ruthless goal scorer. Uh, and I think that's what always held him back. Because I think, look, you take away his goals and then look what you're left with. Uh, and that's kind of happened to us there so far this season where he's, he's one of those players that will not be, you know, he won't have a touch. And then out of nowhere, he'll score a goal. But you take away the goals and you're not left with a great deal. And that's why I always thought, he never went to a, that elite elite level. Surely that was noticeable. There's always a lot of talk with with, with and people say, "Well, you know, when he's scoring goals, you, you don't. We're not so critical of of the rest of his play. Well, obviously, you're not going to criticize that's, that's his, his job to score goals. goals. Yeah. But when he's not scoring goals, what else are you doing? If you're not there to score goals, the thing with the Bamiang is, 
there was a lot of rumours in the summer that he was basically holding out to see if uh, Messi left Barcelona. Yeah, you can see how that makes sense. Why did it take so long for him to actually sign the thing? Somebody asked me, do you, you know, do you want Aubameyang to stay? Do you see him staying? I was like, obviously, look, want him to stay, but also what's the point in keeping him if, if we're not going to you know, heavily improve what's behind him? I think it was a massive oversight on our part because we were so excited about him signing. Mm. Maybe we didn't overanalyze it as much as we should have because he did sign it quite late. So that does suggest to me that he was looking elsewhere, potentially. I mean, you you look back to when Liverpool sold Coutinho and the uproar that the fan base had around it because they thought it was going to hurt them. But, you know, there was a long-term vision of what they were going to do with the the funds. Bamang is such an important part of the club. (laughs) And without him in in recent seasons, you know, there's no guessing where where we'd be. He really carried the team last season. I think what it comes down to is he's just having a a rough time. It, it, It happens. I'm um, looking ahead to West Brom. Um, actually, quickly, mm. we did our predictions for this game. I predicted a draw. Uh, you predicted you a win. So, yeah. shout out to you. Yeah, shout out Cheeky to myself. 1-0. You don't know anything. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I hope, I'm, game I hope I'm right this weekend because you've gone for yeah, a West Brom draw. And it's I've gone for West Brom yeah, it's the only remaining game out of the next four which we've actually differed on opinion. So, it will be interesting to see. Um, I hope you're right. And I hope I'm wrong. Uh, talking about West Brom, I mentioned in the last podcast how they shipped mm. goals. They let five in last night. Against but Le- Leeds just Leeds are ridiculous. They score for fun, but then Leeds also con- concede for fun. Leeds have scored thirty, and they've, yeah. <laughs> they've uh, conceded thirty. <laughs> Is well, that look, still got their goal difference in us. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's they're an exciting team. Great addition back into the into the league. Um, you know, and you knew I. You know, I I had. You know, plenty of thoughts about Leeds coming up. And I just, after, you know, we played them in the FA Cup last season, you know, we were lucky to win 1-0, I think, uh, in that game. And even then you're like, these guys are ready for the Premier League. They, they happily slot in there. And look, they, they are so far. I think if they can continue on even how they are, look, heart attacks for most of their supporters, but from the neutral uh, when they're playing, yeah, entertaining watch. They are, but there's only so long you can try and outscore teams. It'll only take you so far. Mate, we used to do it. And ultimately, when you come up against a better team, as you did against Man United, you will get absolutely whacked. Um, yeah. Anyway, looking at West Brom, um, I, I feel I feel very confident going into this game. Not going to lie, I feel like it. I feel I feel like it's the it's it's, it's a, you know it's the perfect time to play them. They've just they've just been you know, whacked at home. We it's one of those. It could be the worst. Could be the worst time to play them. Also, and I just I can't help but think it's Big Sam. It's just something about that chat that just just worries me from an Arsenal perspective because he's old school, I think. He is, but... I want to go for the win here, obviously. Um, I think, you know, our, our, our match predictions, you know, for the next five games that we were talking about were after uh, in different run of form, let's say. I do think the team's there for the take and I just... These guys are going to just sit deep and look to hit us on the break. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see again if we can continue to attack how we have and try and, try and, try and break it down. Uh, it'd be nice yeah. to see us put in a, a decent first half performance at least, right? Yeah. It all comes down to lineup. Um, what are your predictions uh, for, for the team? I don't know. There's a few questions in there now off the back of the, you know, we've seen a relatively unchanged starting lineup there now uh, for the past couple of games, which is nice to see consistency, but ultimately you're going to have to think, you know, there's going to be some changes I mean, look, it's actually, when you think about it, we played Tuesday, game Saturday. It's still long enough break, I think. 
So, I mean, if we can, and that's quite reasonable enough, to be fair. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, with that in mind, you know, I'd like to continue on with what we've been, you know, what we've had so far. And I think the first question I need to ask you is, you know, would you can, you know, we spoke about Aubameyang and then you look at how well Lacazette's done. Would you, would you continue to start over in that centre forward position or would you look to, to maybe take him out? It all depends on Martinelli, I think. If Martinelli's in the team, then I, mm. I would keep Martinelli mm. and I would play Lacazette. Mm. Um, you know, you score two goals in two games, albeit one was a penalty. I don't think it's mm. very fair to, to then put, put him on the bench. So I'd like yeah. to see Lacazette. I'd like to see Martinelli on the left uh, with Saka and then Smith-Rowe. Sort of, uh, yeah, the same behind. kind. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Definitely. I'd love to see the same front three, but there's also an, ele- an, you know, an element of my mind, which is, and we've only seen small sample sizes of Martinelli playing that centre forward. Now, look, I know he's so effective on the left and would you kind of take him out of the game a little bit more? You know, that comes into my mind straight away. But I just think with his pace up top, as well and Aubameyang has been more effective for us on the left I know we all screamed out to, to get him in the middle and it's like you said earlier like in, even in the first half of the game yesterday you know Martinelli was the one who was he was looking like the centre forward at times um, it's something which could be an option maybe for a home match try Martinelli up top um, be interesting to see but like it's hard to it's hard to want it too much when you see how good he is on the on you know the attacking left hand side we've got um Louise and William back. Gabriel, I think he has COVID or he's isolated. Yeah, he's COVID. He's self-isolating, yeah. one of the two. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think we might see David Louise back in the team. Yeah, I I'll mean... I'll with Pablo Marie. I think I would as well. The two, the, 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 I'd go with the same centre-half pairing because we've looked pretty much okay at the back the last couple of games. Really? I mean, look, again, you think the Chelsea game other than the last 10-15... Leno was relatively untroubled again. wasn't a massive amount going on for him. Um, so why would you break that up? I think if it's, yeah. you know, you're on a winning run. You know, the, the only real fear I have is it's just the fitness of players. But like I've just said, I think we've got enough time to, to allow the rests and the legs to recuperate and then go My again. My biggest on, fear yeah. is seeing Willie Allen back in the team. The only fear I have. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing, look, you, you said this, I never want to see him in the squad again. I'm, I'm like, look, I can accept him being on the bench. But if he... He even gets close, you know, he should be nowhere near that starting eleven, really. You know, even he does get more pressure, I think, just because he comes from Chelsea. Um, but, you know, you, you reap what you sow and he's just he's sowing fuck all, isn't he? <laughs> Let's be honest, he's not doing a great deal since Let's he's Let's hope that, you know, with, the, with the, yeah, the last two results, there's a response mm. from him as well. When he gets the chance, yeah, absolutely, you want to see there's, a spark. There's no doubt when he, you know, he, he's not a great footballer. He's just not delivering. At all. No, he's, so, he's not he's not done anything but the, you know the biggest fear for us going into the game I don't think it is hopefully it isn't William going you know into that starting 11 it boils down to that you know the Martinelli Smith-Rowe Saka you know if they got it in their legs you know do we need to worry about it? obviously Martinelli and Smith-Rowe in particular because of the injury history we don't um, want to burn them out either yeah you don't want to burn them out but you know Martinelli you look historically at young players sort of being hampered by injury in their later career because of you know how much they mm. did play you know, mm. look at Jack Wilshere uh, Cesc Fabregas yeah, had, had issues as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. But I think at the same time, we need to... It's a horrible way to kind of look at it sometimes, but they're, you know, they are assets to Arsenal Football Club at, at the same time. Um, you know, we need to get the most out of that. Um, and if these, you know, we've said it before, me and you have discussed about it. Um, if, if you're good enough, you're old enough. In the news, um, Man City, Everton was called off uh, due to a 
a number of COVID cases in the mm. Man City camp. It's, I don't, I don't know if it's official or anything's been confirmed, but there's rumours that Tottenham uh, Fulham tonight is looking like it could be postponed as well. There is, there yeah. is word of the Premier League season taking a two or three week break. What are your thoughts on that? Look, it's, it's a hard one to kind of answer because you know your common sense kind of kicks in a little bit, right? I think football's been so exempt from the normal world, um, you know, over the last year. It's it's been it's, it's really strange. Um, they've been all over it to a point, but. Is there any point in them doing a break? I don't know. Um, you know, the it's it's just going to create further problems down the line. Um, you know, the, the fiction list so. is already congested. I think of it from a health point of view. We've already got you know, the the system in place where they're testing regularly. Mm. They're, working, they're playing in these bubbles. It's a very safe environment for the players and for the, the staff. Let's say we've got maybe four or five games cancelled across not just the Premier mm. League but football in general. Then that's when you might have to say, okay, let's let's knock it on there for a few weeks. I don't think we'll have the break we did last time. I don't no. think that will happen because I think we're, we're in a better place with it now. Um, yeah. But like you said, from a football point of view, I think it would be, it would be terrible. Um, especially, you know, with the fits congestion and as well for Arsenal, who've, who've, we've just sort of got a bit of form. We want that momentum. We don't want to stop playing. Um, exactly, yeah. You don't want to stop playing right now because, you know, you've turned a slight corner and you want to continue to turn the corner a bit further. Um, but it is, you know, you look back now and I remember having the, the kind of thought at the start of the season, I was a bit uh, miffed at how international and European football wasn't really talked about as being an issue for the upcoming season. And look, you know, everything will ultimately boil down to some sort of you know, monetary conversation or benefit for a club or a country, whatever. But I couldn't, I couldn't agree more on that. It really annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have what a waste of time. Well, internationals is one thing, but I also think they could have. And it, but it all, all, you know, it's never going to be a realistic answer when you think of this. Everything boils down to money, but you know, I would have. You know, we were in the Europa League this year, and if they would have binned it off and said, "Look, just because of the you know what's going on right now," I just think it would have made so much more sense because you know you're talking about this Premier League bubble as well when it comes to COVID and. I mean, how many, you know, we're talking, again, I'm not going to talk about it for very long, but William went to Dubai. I'm sure there's been others that have been elsewhere. You know, why are you, you know, why are we traveling around? Um, no, I agree, when there's no need. If you're paid that much money to honor a contract and because, you know, you, you might not catch it, but you can carry it. You know, these are elite sports sportsmen. Um, you know, they are low risk when it comes to. It, it just seems we're taking a lot of risks with players getting you know, the virus going all around Europe and the parts of the world, it, it all seems very silly. But, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the machine that is football. It is, and they'll keep pushing the coins as hard as they can. Um, but look, that, you know, that's the human aspect of you kicking in. Look, is it nice when football's on the telly? Yeah, when it's Arsenal or the Premier League, yeah, I'm happy. But I think it's a strange one, you know, I, you know being from the UK, we're, I'm not massively into international football. I couldn't get less international football. Yeah. It just doesn't excite me. Whereas, you know, I live in Ireland where, the, you know, the National League here is not great. A lot of the lads over here would would follow the English Premier League. But their their support of the national side is completely different to what, to what I've ever known anyway when it comes to England. Cool. All right, mate. We'll leave, we'll leave it there for, for today. Listener, we will pick this up again after yeah, West we'll Brom. Keep it hopefully it'll be today. three wins on the bounce for the Arsenal. And um... Yeah, hopefully so, mate. I look forward to to, to catch up with you in, in the new year. Um, oh, yeah. We can this leave, is our last leave. one of 2020 as well, isn't it? Yeah, we can leave this absolute shit show of a year in the past, I hope. I'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah, mate. All the best. Enjoy Cheers, it mate. while you can. All the best. See you later. Bye. Bye.